Who was here last Sunday? Good. Who's eight from last Sunday? Who's revisited what we shared and is eating it? There's a lot of stuff shared. And we've, if you're here for the very first time, we're looking at Hebrews 11 and unpacking each verse. We're going to take three verses today and unpack, and I started to unpack it there. So if you do take notes, uh, either the old-fashioned way with a pen and a paper, (laughs) get ready. If you're on an iPad, get ready. Um, I want to just start with this. This is out of Acts 16, 14 to 15. It's not part of Hebrews, but I just want to open up this way because it says, A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshipper of God, was listening. There's a key right there. Was listening, hearing. And as we've been looking at, you can listen and you can listen and you can hear and you can hear. And you can hear and not hear anything or you can hear and hear everything. So I pray your spirit would hear what the Lord wants to say to you as an individual and as a body right now. The purpose of the word is to change you and I, yes? So it's the word that brings the life that we talk about. If you want joy, it will not come through you trying to find it in anything but the word. You'll find happiness in people. You'll find happiness in substance. What you won't find is the joy because the joy is a substance of eternity. It's an eternal substance which will not found on earth. You'll find happiness. You'll find emotional high, but you won't find joy. Joy is found in the Christ. So here this woman was listening. She's hungry. She's desiring something. She's attentive. She's tuning in to something. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. Right there is a key. Everyone says to me, Greg, how, how, how? How do you live this life? It's not by getting four steps to this and four steps to that and ten steps to this. It's by being able to hear and the Lord opening up our heart and our mind to receive. And the word of God comes in, in a greater measure, and now I'm able to live it out. So I pray, Holy Spirit, and I pray everyone here would have their spiritual eyes and ears open to hear what is about to be spoken of your word, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, as the word goes out, the living word that will have power on it, that we will hear and receive and accept and believe for the word to perform its work in us, that the fruit of that word would come alive in a heartbeat. I pray we would leave here altered than what we were when we came in. I pray we'd have a hunger if we never had one when we came in. I pray we'd, our hunger would be more. I pray that we would be desperate. I pray that we would seek. I pray that we would search. I pray that we would be so committed and devoted to you to seek out the much life. Not the minimal life. Not the getting the C mark that Sam talked about in the exam, but the A++++ life. The high calling that is in you. Not the low one. Not the start. 
And I pray that you would open up the end from the beginning. A bird's eye view. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 8. Hebrews 11, verse 8. We're going to look at 8, 9, and 10. And each verse has so much contained in it. It's incredible just how much is contained. It's awesome. I don't want to embarrass him, but it's awesome to have Anthony Walton here this morning. Um, I'm not going to tell you where he is, but it's great to have Anthony with you here today, buddy. And I met Anthony in the pub in 1997, and three weeks later I was here, a bubbling mess, and uh, we walked together for a number of years on staff here. He's in America doing fantastic work over there, so it's just awesome to have you here uh, this morning with us. Um, so it's cool. Isn't that cool? Took me by surprise when he walked in. I was like, I recognize the voice. Man, he's looking more like me. We've got no hair. <laughs> I think the anointed people have no hair. And all the people with no hair said, Talk about getting hanging out to dry. Gee, come on. Okay, let's go. Hebrews 11, verse, uh, 11 verses 8. These are some key words that he says here. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. There's so much food in there, you could spend a whole year looking at that. Don't you love that about God? He's just too much. You never run out. You never run dry of food to eat. There's such a variety. In our house, we run out of food all the time. And you've got to go back to the supermarket and buy some more. But in the kingdom and God, the food never runs out. He tells you, if you believe in me, if you come to me, I'll quench your hunger, I'll quench your thirst. You'll be so full, and then you'll desire more and more and more. I don't know about you guys, but the more I eat, the more I want. Anyone else? You don't get full, you get hungrier. But in the natural, the more you eat, the fuller you get. And then you feel horrible, especially at this time of the year, eh? You eat too much trifle or too much Christmas pudding or too much chicken or turkey or lamb, whatever the thing is. And I don't know, by about two o'clock, you're like, oh, I need a sleep. <laughs> Anyone else with me? You know? And then your eight o'clock rolls around, you feel terrible, and then you eat more food. But in him, there's this an abundance of resource. In three verses, we're going to unpack probably a book. So get ready to write. I'm going to go back to the start, and I'm going to break each verse down. By faith, Abraham. That's really important for what we're about to look at. By faith, Abraham. We've looked at what faith is. Faith is the assurance of what you're hoping for. So by the assurance of what Abraham was hoping for, by the conviction of what was unseen, you ready? He was called to go out into a place. 
So by the substance that was in him, when he heard the call, he obeyed. It wasn't a, oh, oh, maybe, oh, oh, no. The substance he had, the conviction of what he had seen in the Spirit, when he hears the call, he obeys. Are you a people that hear the call of God? God's been calling here for a while. He's been saying quite a few things to us. Have you heard the call and because of the faith in you, are you obeying what he's been saying? Because Abraham is. See, it's this full position. The more faith you're in, the more knowledge you have, the more life you are. When the Father calls, you obey. The gap is very small. Why? Because by faith, Abraham. By Noah, Abraham. By Abel, A- sorry, by Abel, they obey. I just said by, by Abraham, Noah, didn't I? You know what I mean? You got ears to hear? Good. Okay. That's good. By faith, by faith, by faith. 24 times in one chapter, by faith. By what? By the assurance of what I hope for and the conviction, the full assurance of what I see in the Spirit, I obey you, Lord, because I hear the call. This is the church's challenge, is to actually live a life of obedience because of the faith she's in. Not because of the gap, because of the substance. It just becomes a natural outworking of being in love. Yes? Don't you do things for the one you love because you love them? So if they ask you to do something, don't you do it because of love? Well, is it any different with God? No. It's not supposed to be because we love God. We found love when we found Jesus because Jesus is love. So by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, actually, oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. Maybe I'll put these glasses back on. (laughs) Heal my eyes, Lord. By going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, And he went out not knowing where he was going. When was the last time you went somewhere where you didn't know where you were going? Because you heard the call of the Father. See, the Father's been calling us for at least six or seven years here to go to an unknown land that we don't know. He's been calling us, wooing us, Come to a place in me, it's a deeper knowledge of me that you don't yet know. And are we obeying? Have we started the process of hearing by faith and then stepping out in obedience? Because, I don't know, to leave somewhere where you don't know is a little bit risky and scary, isn't it? To leave the knowledge that you currently have of the Father, which is good, but to come into more of that means that maybe I've got to, something's got to shift here in my understanding because, you know, I read the Bible and it says that the new wine can't be poured into an old wineskin. 
And so there's this letting go, but a grabbing hold of, because Abraham left one place and entered into the promised land. And the goal for you and I is not to stay in the middle place. You see, you're to leave. They left Egypt, and we're going to enter into the promised land. But in the spirit, it's about leaving and coming into. But you've got to leave to come into. You don't come into in the same place you start. That's insanity. So you do the same thing expecting a different result. It's called insanity. No, no, you've got to step out. Abraham, the Bible says here, he goes into somewhere not knowing where he is going. But what enables it, the Bible tells you by faith. How important is faith that leads you from a place that you know into a place you don't know, but then you discover the knowledge of it? So now you live from the place that you didn't know, but now you know it. And you receive the life source from it. This man is demonstrating something for every one of us. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. I think I know why that's messed up, because that's the different version. That's messing me up. Nasby version, guys, if you can. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Do we have a faith that obeys God when he calls? How comfortable are we at following when we don't know where we are going? Two big questions you'd want to ask yourself. Because what he wants to bring us into is what was just heard then through that word of joy. You see, let's go to Deuteronomy. And I'll show you something there. Deuteronomy 6. Because once again, you've got to hear in the spirit. Don't read all of this in the flesh. There's foreshadows going on. So God always sees, talks about things in the physical, but then he wants you to see it in the spiritual. He wants you to understand that Christ was completely throughout the entire lifetime. He was with the Israelites as they walked through the wilderness. He's everywhere. He always was, he always will be. So there's this physical thing happening, but there's a spiritual dimension taking place all at the same time. You understand that? So don't just, what I'm about to read, read, think it's the physical. I'm going to explain it and what it is in the spiritual reality as well. So in Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, you see the great commandment being taught, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. These words which I am commanding you today shall be taught to your children, and they should be diligently put on you, on your doorposts, and so on. So there's a powerful reality right there. The great commandment, which is in here, which is where Jesus spoke from. Okay, But then he says this, Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, 
and houses full of all good things which you did not fill, and hone cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied. Then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow other gods, any of the gods of the peoples who surround you, for the Lord your God is in the midst of you as a jealous God. Otherwise, the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you, and he will wipe you off the face of the earth. And that's a God of love. That's the same God that we sing about. But see, there's this promise. As you enter into the promised land, the inheritance. I hope you can hear what I'm about to say. Your inheritance. You're going to discover things that you didn't do. You're going to find cities in there. You didn't build them, but you're going to be able to enjoy them. You're going to find systems that you didn't dig, dig vineyards that you didn't plant. You're going to find a life in the promised land that had nothing to do with you but everything to do with me because I called you out of the land you were in into this land. And by faith, Abraham, when he heard it, left the land that he knew, that he was comfortable in, had all his beings and all his possessions in, and went. And the Bible says here, God's calling them into this land. When they get to this land, they're going to receive an inheritance. They're going to receive physical things that they had nothing to do with, but it just becomes God is so good to his people. What are those things, though, now today? What are the cities that you don't build? What are the cisterns you didn't dig? Do you know what they are? What do you think they could be? Because I'm not talking in the physical now. Joy, peace, love. Do you have an abundance of this coming out of you? Because it's the inheritance for you. And is to be known now. You see, you need to possess your inheritance. They needed to grab it. They needed because there was going to be some obstacles along the way in this promised land, wasn't there? They were going to get in the way of themselves. Deuteronomy 28 even teaches that. He came to Joshua and he said, you better be strong and courageous. He says, why? He says, because your people are devising ways already how they're not going to follow me in the promised land. Go read it. I just used to think because it was going to be baddies in the promised land that had nothing to do with Israel, but no. The first time he says to Joshua, be strong and courageous, is in Deuteronomy. And the context is that these people that you're leading, my people, they're already devising plans about how they're going to leave you and me in the promised land. Be strong and courageous. Because when you come against them and they come against you, you're called to love them. You're called to pray for them. You're called to still walk with them and to lead them, even if they kill you. So be strong and courageous, son. Oh, by the way, now there's these other bad dudes. Interesting, isn't it? It's interesting how we tend to view things, and it's not us first, it's always someone else. But actually, the issue lies right here between flesh and spirit. This is where the greatest battle is for what God calls us to. It's us. 
But it's not us because we're supposed to be dead. Aren't we? We're dead people walking in a new life. Eating from the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because I hear this calling one day, and by faith that's in me, I walk and leave where I'm at, and go, I start coming into the inheritance, the fruit of this new land that I've been called to. I find myself with a joy and a peace and a love and a patience and a self-control that's just so overwhelming. I'm able to demonstrate something that I wasn't able to before because I'm eating of the inheritance that was called from him because I heard a call and I responded and now I'm in the promised land and I'm living from it and I look back and the old seems miles away now it was okay there was nothing wrong with the old but it's not the new isn't God taking us from one measure of himself to another doesn't it say that although this physical suit is perishing, my inner man is going from glory, this, this measure, I've, I'm in glory, but I'm moving towards a greater reality constantly of Christ in me because I'm eating of Christ. Why? Because by faith, by faith, Lisa, by faith, Cena, by faith, Danny, by faith, by faith, by faith, Rochelle, when I hear the call of the Lord, I obey. Obedience unlocks everything. Does in my home. What about in your home? God gives us all these physical pictures to try and show us the spiritual dimension with him. This is another one. And so he's calling and Abraham's moving and coming into this abundant life. Like I started with, you and I are called for the more than life. Please hear me. A more than, not a just surviving through life scraping. Man, I hope I get by. That's what I see when I look at the world. Not all the world, because some of the world are in abundance because they're very smart but it's a false abundance that's about to come crashing down. And then when the pressure and the acid comes on, you really get to see where the foundations lie, yes? Which is what we're going to look at. But we are called, chosen, hand-selected, picked. Before you ever were, and your mum and dad were, before any human being ever came into reality, you were chosen. To be and to come into the fullness of life here and in the future. This is the bigness of the Father I serve. It's the bigness of God. I don't want a puny little God, I want a big God. <laughs> He's so cool. How about let's go look at verse 9. We're about to take off, if we haven't already. Hebrews 11, verse 9. By faith! (laughs) I think he's trying to make a point here. Don't you? By faith. What's that mean again? Let me tell you. By the assurance of what I hope for and the conviction of the things I'm seeing 
in another realm, in the spiritual realm called the kingdom, he lived as an alien in the land of promise. Everyone say alien. Are you an alien to the world? Or are you a citizen of the world? Really, which one? Called to be an alien. Do you live as a peculiar person on the earth? You see, he's in the promised land. This is what I find really weird, but it's beautiful. If you're in the promised land and you were promised Canaan, you've, le- you've left where you were and the promise is to Canaan, then why are you still an alien in the promised land? Aren't you a citizen of Canaan? Yes? No? Aren't you supposed to be a citizen of that? Why are you still an alien in the promised land? Because the promised land is the promised land, but it's not the fulfillment of the promise. And don't anchor yourself in the promised land, Abraham, because there's more. You're a visitor in the promised land, not actually to be anchored in the promised land. So God would say this to you and I, are you an earthling? Or are you a son of God? Are you a citizen of New Zealand or a citizen of the kingdom of God? Firstly, which one, which way round are you and I? It's essential, this. Am I a citizen of Britain? Because I still am. I'm not yet a citizen of this nation. Only because I can't bother to have two passports and it's too expensive to do two passports. What's the point? If Australia get their act together, the only thing the problem is I need a $10 visa to get into Australia as a Brit. They can go to our country for two years, but we can't go to theirs for five minutes. That's a bit rough, isn't it? But see, I'm a citizen of England. No, I'm not. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Firstly, before I am anything of the physical. And there's a massive point that God's trying to get to us here. By faith, he lives as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with, oh, here are these guys again, Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Are you or are you not a child of Abraham, Vera? Are you a child of Abraham, Lisa? So we're talking about us now, not just two guys. The same promise. If you are of the seed, the spirit of the blessing of Abraham, then he's talking to you right now. It is not just about thousands of years ago. Come on, wake up. We need to wake up. We need to have our awakening of what God is doing on the earth today. Why? Because he's been calling for ages now. You see, you can live completely oblivious to it. You can just live your life completely unaware of another life that's going on in front of you. You can have two people sitting beside each other and one hasn't got a clue while the other one's on fire. This is what happens in this book. People are receiving, coming to it, while other people are going, those guys are drunk. What are they doing? They are, phew, they had a good night, they're still on it. And he's going, no, no, it's only early in the, in the afternoon. We don't drink. We don't drink till 11 o'clock at night. See what I mean? Some people get in it. Some people don't. 
But we're to be the people who get it, aren't we? All of it. Because we're the people of the Spirit. We're no longer the people of the flesh. We're the people of the Spirit. So there's a real reality. We have, all have an opportunity to understand, I am of the seed of Abraham, which means the promises are for me. Every promise is yes and amen, isn't it? And God calls me, and there is multiple promises in his living word, multiple food for me to be eating of. Why? Because by faith, I hear the call, and I step out into an unknown place to receive more and more and more. And here's the thing, guys. It's not just from an unknown to a known. It's an unknown to a known to an unknown to a known to an unknown to a known to an unknown to a known. It's a continuous life of receiving all, which is a continuous growth, a steady growth of transformation. What would be the final part of that is that I would look like, live like Jesus. So here's a man and men, because they're of the same promise, dwelling in tents. In the land that they were promised. Why aren't you going to set up home? Because there's something coming. So I realize a tent is an anchor. It just gets unhooked and it gets moved. I used to work for NZ Safety before I was here. And we deal with a variety of safety from personal protection to up at heights, under the ground, BA gear, harnesses. And one of the things I like to do is train people in height safety equipment. So we did training where we took guys on three-day courses, four-day courses. I've abseiled down the swimming pools at Fryberg Pool. That was fun, showing guys how to use these, 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 these little op- no, these products that we sell. I just lost for the word what they're called at the moment. And you'd sail down and you'd do all this training. Now, you can have the harness. You can have the lanyard. You can have all the rope. But if you have a rubbish anchor point and you fall... You're in trouble. It's all about your anchor point. It's all about where you're anchored to, what you're anchored in, who you're anchored in. So when that pressure goes on, because the weight going through that is not just my physical body of 100 kilos, the, 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 the amount of weight that's going in there is like about, could be 1,500 K, as that hits, as, as I'm free-falling and I hit, the source of power that's going through, bang, that hits that anchor point, needs to be able to hold. And if it comes flying out of whatever it's anchored to, then guess what? Splat! Are you anchored in this earth? Or are you anchored in the kingdom? Because this earth is perishing. And if I'm anchored to the earth when it's going down, I'm going with it. It'll be too late, I reckon, to go, oh, well, where's the Bible? Oh, gee, where is it? Oh, what was that promise? What was well, that crazy symbol? What did he say? Oh, gee, I better start quoting this, these words. And As you're free-falling. No, no, God gives us himself to be the people who, when the pressure comes on, we stand there and go, what pressure? Because I'm in a hope and a joy that's not of the earth. Can you see who we've been called to be? So he's demonstrating something to us. I'm living in a tent. Temporary abode. Not in a house because can't move the house. 
Why? Because when God calls me into something new, I've got to pack up quickly and then go. I don't have time to put the house on the market. I don't have time, time to do the weeds, get the painting all done. Oh, man, this is going to take me three months to get the house ready so I can sell it. No, 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 no. I pack the tent up. It takes me five minutes because it's not anchored. It's just like attached and off we go. Why? Because I heard the call. Come, follow me. Come, follow me. Where are we going? Ooh. Not going to tell you just yet, Mel. Why not? Because you won't come. What's it going to cost me? Not telling you. Why not? Because you won't come. He's smart, isn't he? He's so clever. You see, one thing I love about the disciples is that the Bible says they immediately dropped their nets, what they were anchored to in the earth, their livelihood, not just affecting them. What about their father? He had plans. I'm about to retire next week. My boys are going to run the fishing business. Sorry, Dad, out of here. Why? Because I heard the call. Immediately, the Bible says they left everything and followed him. What does Jesus say? When you go out, don't take what? Staff, clothes, money. Why? What's he trying to do? Get within them. Because later on, he says, it's okay to take your staff, your money, your bag, your clothes. You see, they've come into something. They've come into an inheritance. They've come into a reality where they know they can, by faith, live. Isn't that what he's trying to get us to do? By faith, live in Jesus Christ. By faith in Jesus Christ, live. So here's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. What's the promise? Well, I've just been telling you, and here comes another one. Here we go. Let's go to verse 10. For he was looking for the city which has its foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Hmm. So where are you looking? Where are you looking right now? Are you looking behind? Are your eyes on you? See, Lot's wife. You know when you're paralyzed when you look behind you? Especially if what looks behind you doesn't look that flash. All you see is your mistakes, your failings, what you did, what you didn't do. You can't change yesterday. But you are in control of right now, and right now can determine your tomorrow. So what are you looking? Where are you looking? Who are you looking at? Don't look at me. Don't look at me and maybe go, oh, that's okay for you. Don't look at Paul. Don't look at Anwar. Look at him. Look at him. We're not the answer. He is. We, I, am trying to figure this out as well. So where are you looking? 
It's a massive question. It's huge. What does it say? Don't look back because you get paralyzed and then you can't move forward. Here's another question. Are we looking for the city that is seen in the unseen realm? Remember, we're of the same promise, aren't we? I'm of the seed of Abraham. So I'm bloodline in the spirit. Abraham, which is the spiritual line to Melchizedek, which is a spiritual lineage, not a physical one, yes? So ultimately, I'm of the line of Christ, the spiritual line. I'm a son because Abraham was the son of Christ as well, of the spirit. So this is the same promise because we're all in Christ. Are we not? Okay, so are we all looking for a city in the unseen realm that can be seen? Because Abraham is not just Abraham as we look, not today, but later on, everyone in Hebrews 11 was looking. I told you we're to be much more than earth, aren't we? I told you I was going to share this. It's going to be weird to be so much more than living here. I'm not saying we are to be these people that live in caves. We are to influence and have an impact here, but we are not of here. And we are to be eating a food source that is not hamburgers or paleo, as good as that is. Didn't have too much paleo in Cambodia. It's okay because I'm free. You see, as good as all the human food is, and yeah, you can enjoy it, and there's nothing wrong with it. The Bible says you can't live off it, though. Man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of heaven, God. This is the food source that changes you. So enjoy paleo, enjoy a good steak, but really enjoy the word of heaven. Because it's eating the word of heaven that's going to bring us into this full life. As the power of the Spirit of God comes and as Jesus opens up our hearts to understand what is being already done and already is, then I'm able to live forth from and I'll find myself being so captivated that now I'm searching for concealed truth. The Bible says they could not understand because it had been concealed from them for a time. This stuff concealed in his word, but it's for us to go looking and digging. Proverbs 25, 2. Why? Because kings, kings, kings go searching for truth. Kings. What has this got to do with a city that's a royal city? Oh, I don't know. Well, get to know because it's really important because it's for you and I. I'm building a kingdom and priests upon this earth. What? Yes, spiritual priesthood, a holy nation. What for? For the city that's coming. Be part of the city. What is the city? Well, the Bible tells you. So we're going to look at that. But listen to Hebrews eleven seven. This is what we looked at last week. By faith Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen. Okay, so God 
by faith. By the faith Noah has, he's positioned with the Father. He's intimate with the Father because of the faith he has. So because he's intimate, God starts to share with him about things not yet seen. What are the things not yet seen? What's coming? Yes? Do you want to know about things not yet seen? See, there has to be something in us that stirs us to want to know about things unseen. Otherwise, we won't. I can't, there has to be something in you that starts to be inquisitive. A child is inquisitive, aren't they? They ask you, why can't I have that? Why not? Why not? What about this? How does that work? Why can't we do this? Why can't I do that? How, why, when, what? Isn't that what a child's like? My dog is inquisitive. <laughs> Goes around looking for things, digs things up. Are you in... <laughs> Am I as inquisitive as my dog? into kingdom realities that are for me, that are going to shape my identity because I'm going to live from a full life, cities I didn't build, joy that I found in Jesus, peace that I find in Jesus that consumes, guards my heart and my mind, the Bible says, so I don't have these over-consuming things about, oh, gee, am I going to get Christmas presents this year or not? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? How are we going to... Who cares? Who cares? Well, I do. Why? There's so much more, team, to be eating and receiving and then living from. And God says, there's a bride coming. Do you want to be part of her? There's a city that's coming with me to establish something on the earth called my literal reign. I'm inviting you to be her. To eat and partake. You see, Moses was interested in why the bush wasn't burning up. Something in the man went, hmm. I see people in this word who go, hmm, I want to be healed of my blindness. When those leading the way told him to be quiet. Those leading the way who don't understand the news said, shut up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Leaders can get in the way of the new because they don't understand the new. And they're in fear of the new because it's unknown, but it's God. And the new is for us all. But in this point, he's going, no, because I want to have sight. I want to see. So I'm not listening to you. I'm going after because I've got something in me that's stirred that I know you can set me free. This is all in the physical. I'm talking now in the spiritual See, the Bible says that we are blind. Some people are blind. And there's this thing called I self. Jesus says, you buy from me. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in a fire so you can see. I counsel you to come after me. I counsel you to come to me. I counsel you to get out of you and into me. Why? Because I'm going to open your eyes so you can see who you are, who I am, and what I've called you and how I've called you to live. What an invitation again. He's so good. He believes in you. He believes in me. He believes in who we're called to be. But what he won't do is manipulate you. What he won't do is coerce you. What he won't do is twist you and twist you to make you. 
But what he will do is love you into it. What he will do is believe in you all things. What he will do is he will never leave you, never forsake you. He will be with you. He has died and rose again for you. He will be there for you. And he waits for you and I to choose more. And by faith, Abraham, when he heard and he was called, he moved and he was looking for something. And Noah was the same of Abraham because he is of the same seed. Is Noah mentioned in Hebrews 11? Why? Because he's of the same promise. It's a lineage and we are of the lineage of Christ. It's full on, eh? God's full on. I don't want a, I don't want a little God. I want a full on God. I want a God that scares me now and again. That gives me a bit of a prod and says, hey, you, don't get too comfortable. You got this, but come on, there's more. Because the Bible says, I don't yet know as I ought to know. Oh, yeah. So in reverence, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. We looked at that. So let's go to verse 10 and we'll wrap this. We're going to land this. But he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Who builds the church? So God builds you and I. So we are the ones being built. So why do we try and build the church? Because our minds haven't yet come to understand that God's the builder. And we still think in our human strength we can do some things. No, no, God is the builder of his people. And he builds them through his power, his spirit, and his word. Our role is to surrender to being built. And then we actually act as a pillar that supports the building work. So as I'm being built, I come beside Paul, and I'm still being built. And as he's being built, we become pillars of truth. Okay, so then you have all these pillars that support other people being built to be pillars. But I don't try and build. I don't judge. I don't, I be a brother in love. And yes, there's times where I might come to Paul and say, you know what, the Lord's showing me this out of love. It's a, it's a rebuke in love so we both can grow. Okay? So the God who builds, and it's telling you right here, is God himself. So then we have to surrender to the building work, don't we? That's where the sticky bit comes. Because like the story says, when you are called to leave something that you know or you're secure in, can you move? So I want to build you. I'm going to build you through taking you out of and bringing you into. But if we stay, there's tension there, isn't there? Can you feel the tension? Can you feel the weight? And that's when you ask all the questions that you don't want to ask. Here's the questions you don't want to ask. How's it going to happen? Don't ask it. What is it going to cost? Don't ask it. Where are we going? Don't ask. Just go. Do you know what happens when you ask those questions? Any faith that you do have is diminishing every second you ask that you don't get your answer because the answer's not coming. If it gives you the answer, it'll paralyze you. You won't go anywhere. But while you stay asking the question, waiting for the answer, your faith, depending on how big it is, is starting to be broken down. Because you're waiting for an answer that's not coming, so it paralyzes you. Just go. But I don't know. Good. 
I didn't know either. <laughs> it's a real tension, eh? All right, come with me to Revelation. Tell me to shut up. I can't stop. Revelation. I'm going to read this one. Revelation 21. So the question was, what is the city whose architect and builder is God that Abraham is looking for? Revelation 21.9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me saying, come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Verse 10. The new Jerusalem. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal clear jasper. Revelation three twelve. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it any more. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So what he's looking at is the bride of Christ. He's seen her. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob have seen what they've been invited to be part of. And because they've seen and received, and if you just continued in Hebrews, you'll see it, they welcome these promises from afar, not yet having received them. Well, they received the promised land. He received Isaac the son. So there's promises they still yet to physically receive, but they receive them in the spirit. So you and I have been given all these promises to receive and know them now. Because our hunger and our thirst for what I just said takes you to a place where you're sitting at his feet, asking, seeking, knocking, going, I'm not going anywhere till you reveal that. Because I heard something on a given Sunday which captivated me and I'm not in it and I want to be in it because it's for me and the guy said it's for me because from this, this reality is going to come and I wonder why I'm struggling through and God's like going, I've got a whole lot of food for you to eat that will build you up. The word of God richly dwelling in us because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, all those people that are cheering us on saw that. You think that's going to motivate you to lay your life down? You think that's going to go, kill me? Who cares? Because what's greater in me is greater than the world. Can you see how men and women gave their life now? Can you see how the Bible says they considered it an honor and pure joy? To offer up your physical life because you know what's coming. So you're in a life that enables you to give your life because also the life that you know is destined because there is no death in Christ. I live forever in an eternal realm, reality. Well, I'm already dead, so take your best shot. You can't kill a dead person, already dead but I'm alive in Christ. 
and I'm never dying in Christ, so when you kill the flesh suit, I'm jumping, I'm going to rise up again. You won't know it, but I will. My good friend Ian Mack, he's experienced this. See, I haven't, but I know it by faith. I know that when I die, I live by faith. He's actually experienced it. He's been here and taught you. He's a, he's a living demonstration of someone who died and then came back to life. Now, in the physical, okay, I haven't had that yet. He has. But what I do have a conviction of, I know when I physically die, I'm alive. So you don't need to have into it. You don't need to go through it physically to know it. Because why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to reveal it in you because that's his role to reveal the truth. It's his role to reveal that. In fact, the Holy Spirit's role is to reveal everything. Hence, do we know the Holy Spirit? Is he our counselor? Is he my advisor? Is he the one that teaches me? I can't say it enough. It's like I'm so desperate inside that we would hear the cry of God and be turned and found. And I say it because I know the life that comes from it. And I'm in a measure of it. And I ain't given it for nothing. And I said this last week, it is better than any physical relationship. It is better than any substance. It's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. His life being formed and established. Because his life is here. But it must be revealed. Amen. So let's be Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Who are stirred today. If you're anchored to the earth, seek him and say, Father, unanchor me. Come in me in such a way that your power releases me from being bolted. For I've been called for a much life. Not just me, my brothers and sisters. And the formation of this church on the earth, the glory of God will move through. And you'll see lost people go, I see God in those people, the oneness because of the work of the Spirit, and I'll know Jesus was sent for me through the demonstration of God on the earth through his church. Now that you and I cannot enter into in ourselves, but in him. Is it possible or not? Amen. Man, it's possible. Mm, it's possible. So, Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your life. I thank you for this great church, which I am part of, with my brothers and sisters. I thank you that we're hungry, that we want more. I thank you that you're stirring us as our Father, that we would be sons of the Most High and to glorify you firstly experience this full life and then be the demonstration that we would share the gospel, Jesus. We would share you with people that don't know you. We would just be 
this demonstration of love and generosity on the earth, that people would be so stirred by us, you and us, that they'd come and seek. And so, Father, today as we, we leave today, I pray that what's been spoken would be in. And I ask, Holy Spirit, you to unpack it, reveal it, bring it to life. And may we be found eating you more than we are eating natural food in Jesus' name. Amen.